This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. And welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network that allowed 29 runs to the Atlanta Braves on Wednesday night. I am Jake Mintz. That is Jordan Schusterman. We are Cespedes Family Barbecue. Jordan, the podcast is here. It is It is back. It is back. It is, it is I'm fresh. Happy, I'm happy to be here. We had a great uh, mailbag episode uh, over Labor Day weekend, which I quite enjoyed, but since we put that out, so much baseball has happened. And in this condensed season, every day feels like the most, most important day of the season. So it's important that we can be topical. We can catch up and uh, talk about what's actually happening. I feel like I missed a month. You missed like a series way. and you it, time passes you by, man. Right, right. Well, here we are uh, on Thursday, September 10th. And Jake Mintz, <laughs> my goodness, a week ago, we hopped on this here podcast and we broke down the postseason race with a few weeks left. And we looked at the American League and we said, well, looks like we kind of have our eight teams. Yes, eight teams are making the postseason, which is crazy. But somehow it looks Wait, like we for we baseball. Know. Yeah. Yeah. For baseball. I know. One through eight. Yep. Because I know like the Columbus Blue Jackets get to be in every year over there in the mm-hmm. in the cold mm-hmm. ball. Right, but right. for base for baseball, yeah, yep. For it's like it's it's like the the Detroit Pistons basically in the Eastern Conference. It's like, well, they suck, but they're still the eight seed. Uh, so that's what we have in baseball this year. Actually, so that's the Yankees. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's the New York Yankees. So we said that last week, but we looked at the eight seed. We said, all right, like I don't really know what the order is going to be one through eight, but it looks like we have our eight teams because teams nine through eleven did not look like good baseball teams. So it was very hard to fathom that those those baseball teams were going to be in the postseason, even in expanded postseason. And yet, here we are a week later, and boy, could we have possibly been any more wrong. And now, the eight teams that we said do still sit in those eight postseason spots, but it is a whole lot closer than we possibly thought it could be. Now, you say we could not have been more wrong, and we actually could have been more wrong if the Orioles had won last night and the Yankees had lost. The Orioles would have leapfrogged the Yankees. But now... The Orioles, the Baltimore Orioles of bad baseball fame, my Baltimore Orioles, they're not yours, Jordan. They belong to me in their totality, are a game and a half back, and they are set to take on the Yankees in a four-game set. We're going to preview that a little bit later. But I got to say, like, I just loved how, I love how wrong I was. Like, the Yankees have continued their slide since we did our last up-to-date pod. The The Orioles, despite losing their best hitter to Anthony Santander, have somehow continued to win baseball games. The young rookies have come up and they've been actually good. And the race is tight. It is close. It is relevant. We were wrong. I'm going to watch American League Baseball for the next couple of weeks. And I couldn't be more excited. 
Now, the craziest part about this, of course, the Yankees have really been the story over the last week, and they finally got a win, lose, uh, snapping their five-game losing streak uh, last night in Buffalo. Um, but just a disaster game uh, <laughs> where they Adam Adovino gives up six runs without recording an out. Um, and the, we've almost now accepted that, like, the Blue Jays are just in. Like, they, yeah. they're they two games ahead of the Yankees right now. And sure, of course, the Yankees still have time to catch them. But, like, the Blue Jays were on the fringes. And we talked about how their trade deadline moves put them into more like, yes, we mean business. We are going to be a postseason team this year, whether we're a seven seed or an eight seed. But now it's like, oh, wait, you actually might be a, a four or a five or a six seed, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, and Toronto's not fluking their way into this. They're actually... Solid. They have real solid baseball players. And a lot of the trades that they made at the deadline allowed them to go from like, oh, that's cute to, oh, they're actually good. Mm-hmm. Let me say this about the Yankees, Jordan. I am in New York City. I am a Baltimore Orioles fan in New York City. When the Yankees are this bad, like this disastrous, walking around New York is such a great feeling, knowing that like all of the people around me or like, you know, of them are Yankees fans and that they are in bad moods because of their baseball team Mm. and like going to my physical therapist for my elbow, big Yankees fan walking in. I got a smug grin on my face and I know he's sweating and it is great. It is great. Jordan, the Yankees, I don't believe they finished under 500 since like 1993 would be my it's guess. Been, it's been a long time. And the fact that they even oh. slipped to 500 and almost slipped below it uh, was like enough to set fans into complete panic mode. And yes, they have all these injuries. We talked about this with, with Ryan Rucco. Like, yeah, we know that they are not at full capacity. But no, when you have not seen your team be bad, yeah, 1992 was the last time they finished below 500. Like, it's just they can't even conceive it. Like it's it's not even that we're we've 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 moved so far past the notion that they were going to be clearly the American League favorites. Like that went out the window a month ago, right? Like we've we are so far past that. Now we're hanging on for dear life, and it is a true joy for uh, twenty nine other bases. Ah, oh, it's so great! It's so great. You tweeted this, Jordan. Uh, for the rest of the year, would you rather be a Yankees fan or a Mets fan? Right, especially because, you know, we've been doing MetsCon uh, here with Bobby. And the reason why I was thinking about this uh, question is because the Mets have also been a mess. And I know they they finally uh, hang, hung on uh, to win last night uh, against your Baltimore Orioles. But the Mets are, are way farther and much difficult, more difficult road to actually make the postseason despite having Jacob deGrom in his maybe third straight Cy Young season and whatnot. Um, and I just kind of wondered, for this season... Which kind of misery and disappointment and frustration would you rather opt into? That was really the thing that yeah. I was most curious about. So what what are the results? I put the poll up on Wednesday afternoon. And what, what do we have uh, so far? Uh, I believe it was more, it skewed more towards the Mets. And I think that's where I would, I would lie. Because, and that's based solely on the expectation, right? Where the Yankees were supposed to be the second best team in baseball. And... Unless they win the World Series, you're pissed off. If the Mets like sneak in as the seven seed and like win the first round, despite everything that's happened, that's still like, okay, like that's not the worst thing in the world. I agree with that. Although the way I'm looking at it, as I look at the poll here and oh, it looks like, okay, 69% voted for the Mets out of uh, nearly 6,000 votes. Nice. Uh, But here's the thing. I'm going to adjust those results for 
a lot of people would never admit to ever wanting to root for the Yankees under any, any, mm. any circumstances ever. So if you adjust for that, I think it's actually probably closer to 50-50 because some people just will never press the Yankees for any reason, no matter what, even if this is a stupid hypothetical with no stakes. That's how Twitter works. Um, so, What, but th- what about th- you? What, what would I pick? Yeah. <sighs> See, okay. So like you said, it is about expectations. But with the Yankees, there's still a better chance that the Yankees win the World Series Mm-hmm. than the Mets, for sure, right? Like, there's still a chance that they, there's yeah. still a version where you end up getting to watch the Yankees go deep into October. Of course. As bad as they look right now. Yankees, it's higher ceiling, lower floor. Because, like, if the Yankees don't make the postseason and the Orioles, Mariners, or Tigers do, like, I don't care how many rings on you have on your fingers. That doesn't matter. I, this will be hell. I don't care how short the season was. doesn't matter. I, the Orioles, Tigers, Mariners fans will hold this over Yankeedom forever. And this brings up our last point, I would say, about this. What you don't want to happen if the Yankees fall out of it is for Yankees fans to be like, oh, this season doesn't feel real to me anyway. Expand on that for me. This is something that I'm worried about as we approach the end of the season, as, as we start getting weird results. This could very well happen during the postseason, too, if some really good team loses in the three-game series in the weird first round, is that fans are going to say, hey, well, uh, even though I've been living and dying on every pitch and every roster move, particularly for Yankees fans, they're going to say, oh, this season wasn't real anyway. Um, I, I, Who cares? Like, uh, it doesn't count. Oh, if the Yankees get it, if the Orioles get in, then what, what if this isn't even a real baseball season? And to that I say, yes, you're right. This is a wacky season. We will never have a season like this ever again, hopefully. And that is all true. But you can't have it both ways. Either you are going to be losing your mind on every pitch and every roster move and every DFA and every IL stint. That's fine. You're like, absolutely. Go for it. Be a fan. Be crazy. Do it. it. Like, do that. You can't then turn it off just because you're not in the postseason or because it's not going your way. Not allowed. No, you can't. Sorry. I'm not. (laughs) Not that we are the ones to tell you how baseball fandom works. But if we're going strictly on logic and also what I'm willing to uh, tolerate in terms of the timeline right now, I I, you got to You got to lean in either go all in or decide that you don't care. And like, I haven't seen this vibe yet necessarily specifically, but like it's coming and it is important, right? If you're going to go all in on it, that's great. But like, the joy of the chest pounding victory, like all that stuff, when your team loses, it is going to be fluky. Every team's losses here is going to be fluky. If you don't make it or you may lose in the postseason, but you can't just, when you lose, be like, oh, I didn't actually care. Like you can be like, this is fluky and not real. That's fine. But don't say that it didn't feel real to you because like it, you know, what felt real was when like, if you're a Mets fan, like, when they came back and beat the Orioles the other night, like, I bet that felt super real. The joy feels super real, right? And, and so, by the way, when you watch these teams and you watch the Yankees, you're telling me it doesn't feel real. For, I mean, look at, watch Aaron Boone in the dugout during that game against, against, real, against, against Toronto. Like, these, the, it looks like real baseball to me, and the players still care just as much. And so they, you know, you got to be part of that or not. So I just wanted to, to, to state that. All right, Jordan. Knock, knock. Who's there? 29 fucking runs. <laughs> On Wednesday night, the Atlanta Braves hung a cool 29 spot. For those of you counting at home, that is two touchdowns, two field, three touchdowns, two field goals, and a safety. Nicely done. NFL starting tonight. So uh, I'm glad you, you got your scoring. In, in 29 order. to nine over 
the Miami Marlins. The MLB record for most runs scored in a game was 30 by the 2007 Texas Rangers against the Orioles. Oh, my, the Braves came so close, so close to breaking that record. They settled for 29, a measly 29, the National League record. Still very impressive. Jordan, this was one of the wilder watches we've had as far as offensive explosions. What were your takeaways from the onslaught? So now, you know, we're used to so many baseball scores. We open up our at-bat app and we see that teams win five to four. Oh my God, the team put up 12 runs. Oh, they crushed them 12 to three. When you open up the app and you check the scores and you see that the Braves have 20 runs, 20 is always going to catch your eye, right? Once you're at 20 in a major league game, you're going to start paying attention. Um, now, when you see that it's 20 in the fifth inning, now you're really starting to think, okay, we are watching something very different. I actually want to start here with the 30-3 to game with the Orioles. We've talked about this game many times uh, over the last 13 years. Were you rooting for that record to be broken uh, last night? Now, I know the run differential, it was 30-3 to in that game. So the Marlins had you know 29-9. to It's not the same, but this is total runs. Did you want the Braves to score 31 runs last night, or did you want the Orioles to keep that record of most runs allowed? I wanted the Braves to beat the record. Okay. Um, I wanted, for a variety of reasons, one is that they would have done it in eight innings, where yes. the Rangers did it in nine innings. The Rangers were the road team that day. The Braves were at home last night. So they the Braves didn't even get the bottom of the ninth, right, to hit. That seems notable to me. Uh, I That is not a piece of Orioles history that I cling to. Uh, they, <laughs> there are a lot of bad O's teams. That 2007 Orioles team, like that era, didn't mean that much to me. I remember that day vividly. I didn't watch the game. I was at the beach with my family. I was like 13. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. You know what I mean? If the 2018 Orioles did this, it would mean something to me, but it doesn't mean anything to me personally. So that's the first thing. Okay. That's, that's, that's fair. I 29 runs. I just want to like, it's so many runs, man. I have a lot of thoughts. I, 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 do you want to, do you want to like draft the best parts of this game? Because I just feel like well, let's just let's just freestyle this here, okay? Look, do you know what I don't care about? Yeah. In in these games is like RBI records necessarily, like specifically oh. for players. Like mm-hmm. when you reach a certain number, like I know Adam Duvall hit three home runs and it's incredible. I don't particularly, once like you fall off the slope of the pitching is so bad, I don't particularly have affinity for like, he went, Seven for nine. Like, of course he did. Like, they scored 29 freaking runs, you know? Right. I'm more interested on the flip side of how bad the pitching was. Mm-hmm. I love a game, an, uh, an inning log. I love a walk, single, double, home run, hit by pitch, fly out, balk, walk, double, pitching change, home run. Like, that to me, that's life. Yes. That is what I can't wait to go look. When I see... When I pull up the box score and I see 11 in the second inning, I, I am so excited to pull up how the hell 11 runs were scored in one inning. I love that there were no runs scored in the first inning for either team. You get through scoreless first and you're like, all right, let's have a baseball game. Here Marlins we go. up two to zero heading into the bottom of the second. I mean, there you go. I love that the Marlins made it sort of close, getting it to 13 to eight at one point and say when it was 13 to eight in the fourth inning, I was like, this is going to be crazy. This is like, we're going to have 
29 to 26, right? Um, but then it just unraveled so quickly. Jordan Yamamoto, 13 runs allowed in relief. Yeah. That's a pretty special line. <laughs> Going to be bringing that up specifically later on the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, turn. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the Adam Duvall three home run game. I mean, that's crazy. But nine RBIs out of the seven hole, I think, kind of hits home <laughs> a little bit harder. Uh, every player on the Braves scored twice except for Marcelo Zuna. That's pretty notable. Everyone got a hit. Everyone, uh, I think, got an RBI except for Dansby Swanson. Like, it it was just a, a full all-out party. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. almost reached base seven times. This was an onslaught. And the 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 point in totality that I want to make about games like this, because, by the way, we've had now three of these shellackings in the last couple of weeks. We had the Giants go into Coors Field, and Alex Dickerson played Adam Duvall, and he hit three homers, almost four, and had whatever, 10 RBIs, and they won 23-5. to five. And then... Yesterday and the same day, the Brewers go into Detroit and beat the Tigers 19 to nothing. And the incredible thing about this is that when you watch a game like this and you watch the Marlins lose so badly and you watch the Tigers lose so badly and we watch the Rockies, who I know drive you crazy, be like, this team stinks, is that as cliche as it is, man, you just got another game the next day. And the Rockies went out the next day. They came. They were down early in that next game after the 23-5. They came back and so won. So funny. And they were like back to 500 and still in postseason. The Marlins lost 29-9 and they still sit at 500 and they're still very much in it. Like it's just one game. Those and runs that is don't a, carry over, baby. Exactly. And that is a beautiful and bizarre thing about this sport. Do you want to talk about 19-0 versus 29-9? I would much rather lose 29-9 than 19-0 19 to 0, there are no good takeaways. Like you can't leave that stadium that day and be like, all right, you know, we did some things well. Like we did There's some things. There's no well. one walking out. Exactly. There's no, no one's one in a good out. mood. Mm-hmm. 29 to 9, like nine is great. You take nine runs every day. You know, you got a homer and a triple from Jazz Chisholm. Like you got some good offensive performances. And, and the difference between 19 runs and 29 runs, like the bullpen's gonna feel bad about that no matter what. You get to you get to 15, like that's all the same at that point. Also, 19 was scored. I want to say three or four of those runs were against Travis Demerit, uh, who is a position player. Marlon somehow did not use a position player in this game. And the other part about that, we talk about like, oh, they didn't leave the ballpark feeling terrible. Like, yeah, they were down 11 to 2 in the second, but 13 to 8 in the fourth, like the Marlins are st- in the dugout, they're still probably like. All right, like, uh, right. this is crazy. Like, we're having a, this is a crazy game. And Mattingly can go into the locker room and he could be like, all right, guys, like, just got to shake that one off. It's just, these things happen, even though that's never happened before. These things happen and, you know, it's a fluke and we're going to get him tomorrow. If you let up 29 runs, it's such an aberration that you just chalk it up to dumb chance. If you lose 19 to zero, you might be bad. Mm, right, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Uh, so, yeah, so this is incredible. Um, thank you to the Marlins and Braves. And uh, for just before we go, before we go, Jordan, I just, I have something to read to you. Oh yeah, please. Single walk mound visit, walk ground out, sack fly, walk, single, single Homer mound visit, pitching change, single, single Homer, Homer mound visit, ground out. That's my love language. Is that the second inning? Yes, it is. Then they allowed 18 more runs. 
<laughs> oh man! All right, Marlins, it's okay. We'll uh, we'll keep on enjoying whatever it is that is your 2020 season. Get fresh, pre-measured ingredients, mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh. America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. I love a picture. Love picture books. You can save 40% by using HelloFresh for shopping at your local grocery store and it's more convenient. HelloFresh offers delicious options every week, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and kid-friendly recipes. Their pre-proportioned ingredients mean you're not overbuying. Their packaging is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content, just like our podcast. Hey, HelloFresh is flexibly designed to fit your lifestyle. Easily change your delivery days or food preferences and skip a week, really whatever you need. I got HelloFresh. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I cooked it. Had a long day. Got home late. And boom, food was in the fridge. Whipped it up in a half hour. It was very convenient. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash BBQ8080 and use code BBQ80 to get a total of 80 bucks off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash BBQ80. Code BBQ80 for a total of 80 bucks off your first month. Additional restrictions apply. Visit HelloFresh.com for more details. This episode of Baseball Barbecue is also brought to you by Raycon. Uh, now, I know a lot of people like to explore with their music, try to listen to some new stuff, but me, I just like to go back and listen to what I was listening to in middle school. Hillary Duff, Black Eyed Peas, Avril Lavigne, all the hits of Kelly course, Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson as well. Uh, and you know what the best way to listen to is? Using a pair of premium wireless earbuds, especially if you can get them at less than half the price of the other guys. So check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. I love Raycon wireless earbuds because they fit great, they sound great, and that is really all that matters. Think about it. Raycon's newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are the best ones yet. Six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, a compact design, and a noise-isolating fit. Raycon earbuds are stylish and discreet, no dangling wires or stems. This company was co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg and the great J.R. Smith are absolutely obsessed with their products. Give them a try. Raycon has a 45-day free return policy, so you can make sure they're the pair of wireless earbuds for you. For a limited time, get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com bbq. That's buyraycon.com bbq for a special 15% discount on Raycon wireless earbuds. Make sure to check it out now while the deal's running. Buyraycon.com bbq. All right, and we're back here with a delightful segment. Honestly, my favorite part of the podcast, the good, the bad, and the ugla. Something good in baseball, something bad in baseball, and something very Dan Ugla off the beaten track bizarre and different. Jordan Schusterman, my friend from synagogue, why don't you start us off? Hello. Uh, all right. This week for good, I'm going to go with the gentleman currently leading Major League Baseball in OPS. He's also leading baseball in being the oldest freaking hitter in baseball. Yes, Nelson Cruz, Jake Mintz, mm -hmm. currently sits at a cool 
342, 432, 685 line with a league leading 15 home runs. This gentleman just turned 40 years old uh, back at the beginning of July. And um, I just don't really know what to make of this anymore. And the way that I think about Nelson Cruz now, not just that he is leading, of course, the Bomba squad, a Minnesota Twins team that has maybe slightly disappointed thus far this year, even though they still sit firmly in postseason position. But at this point, I'm just wondering, like, where do we go from here with Nelson Cruz? Because Nelson Cruz is going to be a free agent again after this season. He will be going into his officially age 40 season next year. And he will be, has proven to be over the last three or four years as the best hitter in or one of the five basically best just pure hitters in the league. And I just don't know what we do with this. And I don't know what we are about to watch for the rest of Nelson Cruz's career. But I'm so excited and I am truly marveling at everything that he is because he is completely one of a kind. And there are maybe some things you could point to to how and why this is happening. Um, but by all accounts, he's like the best dude in the world. He literally won the Arthur Ashe Award this year. And he's also leading the league at homers. So how many guys are we going to root for more than Nelson Cruz? Nelson Cruz is older than Mark Pryor. Listen, we could play this game all day long, but this dude is just doing stuff that I, I can't even fathom. I saw there were some people tweeting, uh, some Orioles fans uh, tweeting recently about the notion that the even worse than, than Chris Davis was letting Nelson Cruz go after 2014. But I would like to remind you, where did he go after that? He went to Seattle. And when he signed that four-year $64 million deal with Seattle, I was like, I love Nelson Cruz too, but this is not going to go well. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> and boy, were we all wrong. And now here we are seven years later, and he has a 201 OPS plus. Nelson Cruz, you are incredible. Nelson Cruz is older than Nick Swisher. <laughs> all right, Jordan. My good is a baseball team. Uh, we have talked about them a little bit already, but holy shit, the Los Angeles Dodgers are good. Jordan, they have flown. They are the first baseball team to fly over the radar. That is a that is such a great way to phrase it because we are all so we we know about how good they are so much that we just kind of push them up past everybody else. Exactly. So right. Any other team, if they were this far ahead of the pack, it would be the biggest story in the league. Um, but the Dodgers have established themselves over the last decade to be this good, and so it is not a fluke. It is not even news necessarily at this point. Um, the, that they are 32 and 12 Jordan, that, that is at 117 win pace over an entire season. Uh, their run differential is currently over a hundred. No one else is over 65. They are just light years, light years ahead of everybody else. And it's really remarkable. It, it is not, it doesn't get any public. It feels super weird to say that like no one's talking about the Dodgers who are oh, but you're right over the radar over the radar over the radar and you know this is the good the bad and the ugly and no one has been gooder than the Los Angeles Dodgers so there you go no you're right and in a year where so much crazy shit has happened and the Yankees are at 500 and teams are getting hurt left and right like Dodgers are every bit as good as we thought i am embarrassed for those who grouped the Yankees and the Dodgers together coming into the year yeah i agree and that's us included honestly 
Uh, but you were more steadfast that the Dodgers were in their Bro, own tier. So I, I have credit, been picking. I've been picking the Dodgers to win the World Series for the last eight years under the idea that one year the broken clock will be right twice a day. Uh, blind What's blind squirrel, et cetera. Uh, bad. I'm going to go with uh, a gentleman who has at least played a small role in the 19 to nothing drubbing yesterday in Detroit. I got to talk about Matthew Boyd. Now, Matthew Boyd last year had a bit of a breakout season to the point where they thought that, oh, wow, he could be like a trade candidate. Like, oh, are the Tigers going to sell and trade Matthew Boyd to a contender? He was now, he was on the list of like guys who have a good first half who Yankee mm-hmm. fans assume are already on the Yankees. <laughs> it's a great point. Now, Matthew Boyd, um, he uh, last year during that breakout season led the league in home runs allowed with 39 home runs allowed. Not good. In a year of dingers, of course, the ball was juiced like crazy, and I'm sure it still is. He allowed 39 home runs last year. Not great. This year, he is once again leading the league in home runs allowed. He's allowed 13 homers in nine starts. His ERA sits at 6.763, but it's not just that raw number. It is the rate at which he currently is allowing home runs. A 2.67 home run per nine would be the highest number for any starting pitcher in the history of baseball. He went into yesterday before allowing two more homers at that number and he uh you know now put that number even higher yes just to give you context to to put it in jake mintz terms dylan bundy in 2018 215 home run per nine and you remember that that was a lot of home runs right it's also super hard to give up half a home run so he's doing that think about that think about that and the bronson arroyo 2011 2.08 now obviously it's all smaller sample size he's not going to have to throw as many innings but he is uh he is really serving him up with the best of them. Um, although I will also mention, just to continue dunking on Yankees fans, Garrett Cole currently sits uh, number two at 2.25 home runs per nine. And it's going to be going up tonight against the Orioles. Yeah, I baby. I guarantee it. DJ Stewart going to have something to say about that. All right. There are a lot of go. bad things happening in the world uh, right true. now. Like so many. A lot. Too many to count. Uh, but here's a, a thing in the baseball that was bad. We talked about it earlier. I want to talk about Jordan Yamamoto and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad inning. Relief outing. Relief outing. He allowed uh, 12 earned runs in two and and two-thirds innings. Only 12 12 earned runs, 13 total. So it's good that he had that one unearned run. That's really going to help him, help save him there. Uh, This by my research, is the second worst relief outing in modern baseball history. I know number one because I remember when it happened. So I didn't even have to look it up. Are we about to talk about Vin Mazzaro? We're about to talk about Vin Mazzaro. So I know that the good, the bad, and the ugly is supposed to be kind of a little bit relevant, but I did not know enough about the Vin Mazzaro game, and so I felt like I needed to educate people. So Yamamoto... 12 earned runs in two and two thirds. Now, this gentleman that you just brought up, Jordan, Vin Mazzaro. Vin, a legendary baseball Vin. Um, when I think Vin, I think Vin Mazzaro. Vin Mazzaro uh, had a an, an outing against Cleveland as a member of the Kansas City Royals. On May 16th, 2011, uh, Jordan and I were high school sophomores. I believe. Wow, that's funny. Vin Mazzaro, two and a third, 14 earned runs, three walks, two Ks, and one home run. Now, the most amazing part about that is the one home run because allowing 14 earned runs in two and a third with 
only allowing one home run means you are getting dinked and dunked and danked and doinked. And I just, I played college baseball. I sucked really hard for a little bit and I had some really horrible outings. And the idea of just, you get home, every pitcher does this. You get home, you look at your box score, you see that seeing a 14 there and the earn runs is so bad. And it is like, I can't even imagine that feeling. Like the, the your coach comes to get the ball from you. Like, uh, hey man, um, maybe get give up 13 next time. <laughs> the thing about 14 earned runs is that 14 earned runs as a starter, especially now, is basically impossible because no manager is going to let you allow 14 runs if you're a starter. There's just not, right. there's just no way, right? And yet, in relief, you would think it would be even harder. Um, and yet he did it. Uh, well, this brings up, this brings up, you know, we have sacrifice flies, we have sacrifice bunts, and this is the sacrifice lamb where you're just out there to sponge it up, baby. You're just, you're just taking it. it. You're just owning it. it. And being the guy who's just owning it, that's bad because you know that your team doesn't actually think that you can like get real outs the next day. And that's tough for Vin Mazzaro, dude. Vin Mazzaro got optioned back to AAA after this game. He was supposed to start the day after. Yeah, he was penciled in to start the next day. The starter, Kyle Davies, got hurt, and he had to come in and mop it up. He got sent back to the minors because of it. That is bad. I know this happened in 2011, and there is fascism and wildfires ruining our country now, and those are worse. However, 14 earned runs in two and a third innings is not good. Jordan? Also also pandemic, also happening. Uh, Forgot about that. (laughs) Uh, Very true. Um, and also really, if you really want to modernize it here, just, just Jordan Yamamoto, if you're listening, it could be worse. So there you go. Yeah. Like, do, do you think Don Mattingly was like, Hey man, hey man. he's like, here's a, here's the box score from 2011. Just a <laughs> mood booster. That's called great. Lazy coaching is texting Jordan Yamamoto, the Vin Mazzaro <laughs> box score. It's so funny. All right. For my ugly this week, um, this is, uh, I did some, did some number, number crunching. This is more of a, a holistic thing about the 2020 season that I wanted to, to kind of dig into here. Um, and I wanted to just talk a little bit about doubleheaders. Um, this year we have had a truly spectacular number of doubleheaders. They're happening all the time. They are seven innings. Sometimes the team that is at home is actually the road team because they're making up games. There have been many reasons for the doubleheaders. Of course, there's a pandemic, as I mentioned earlier, you might've mm-hmm. seen that. Uh, of course we had the player walkouts, which were very necessary and important. And that's a good reason to postpone a game, but the end result has been an unprecedented number of doubleheaders. So I went back and I looked at the last 20 years of doubleheaders in baseball, and I just wanted to run some numbers by you and, and, and kind of give you a sense of which teams are, have played the most doubleheaders because when these started cropping up like crazy as a Mariners fan, as a fan of a team with a roof who plays a lot of games on the West coast in nice weather, I was like, I don't remember the last time the Mariners even played a doubleheader. I was like, this is weird. Like, I can't even remember. And so I went back and looked, and it turns out I was almost correct. The Mariners, over the last 20 years, have played the second fewest doubleheaders in baseball. Do you want to guess how many they have played before this season? Okay, so... In the last how many years? 20 years. Since 2000, how many doubleheaders from from 2000 to 2019, how many doubleheaders did the Seattle Mariners play? 10. 15. Padres, Astros, and Angels played 14. Those were the fewest, and you can understand why. The A's played 16. The D-backs played 17, and they have not played one since 2015. 
The flip side, would you like to guess the team that has played the most and how many? I would go with Detroit. Great guess. Okay. How many? And, and I would say they have played 42 doubleheaders. Okay. The Detroit Tigers are third most. They have played 55 doubleheaders. Okay. Coming in second is your Baltimore Orioles at yes, 58. Sir. And number one, because the twins? what else? Because what else? Okay, I'm going to get to the Twins in the second here. Okay, hold on. The New York Mets. What else? Who else could have to play more doubleheaders than the New York Mets who have played 59 over the last 20 years? I'm glad you mentioned the Twins. Now, what happened with the Twins in 2010, Jake Mintz? Uh, they lost to the Yankees in the postseason? <laughs> they moved outside in Minnesota oh, yeah. from the Dome to yeah. Target Field. And that, shockingly, had a significant uh, impact on the number <laughs> of games that they had snowed and rained out. And fascinatingly, if you look, the Twins, for the first 10 years of this uh, century, they only had nine doubleheaders. Because, of course, it's only happening on the road, right? It's only games getting rained on the road. Since then, they have the most in baseball <laughs> with 32. So the last 10 years, the Twins have, have had to play the most because of all the snow outs. So, uh, so I love that. So, And then just to put this all in context, the most doubleheaders played in a season um, in the last 20 years was 38 in 2004 for the whole league, not for one team, obviously. Uh, the That's most for the one Cardinals team. this week. Exactly. So the Cardinals this year, as it currently stands, will play 11 on their own, which beats the record of nine by the Pirates uh, in 2004. And this is in a 60-game season, which is insane. And right now, as it currently stands, there will be 44 doubleheaders played in the 2020 season overall in a 60-game season. So that should give you a sense for the absurdity of the doubleheaders uh, in 2020. So even when it is seven innings, uh, we are truly witnessing some doubleheader history. So there wow, you go. love it. Uh, what's Holy your ugla? My ugla is uh, DJ Stewart related, but it is a little broader than that, Jordan. Uh, there are guys who we describe as home run hitters, right? Who hit mostly or just home runs. Mm -hmm. Joey Gallo comes to mind, sure. right? An all or nothing type guy. No singles for Joey, for Joey Gallo. Exactly. Now, Joey Gallo comes to mind, but he is not on the following list I'm going to talk to you about, Jordan. I think you know where I'm going with this. This is a list of players who have who for whom in a full season more than half their hits are home runs. Well, that okay? are home runs. Wow. More okay. than half their hits are home runs. Just completely forget about minimum plate appearances here for a second. We don't care about them. Okay. The all-time record is Mark McGuire. Okay. In 2001, he had 29 home runs and he had 56 hits. That is like the most games played by someone on this list. 29 homers, 56 hits. Amazing stuff, okay? That's a dude swinging out of his ass. Now, the most recent, the second guy on this list is Ryan Schimpf from the oh, 2017 yes. Padres. A he legend. had 14 homers and 26 hits, which is unbelievable. <laughs> 14 out of 26 hits were homers. So good. Now, I bring this up because there, uh, the combination of small sample size weirdness in the 2020 season and home runs being more likely than ever has led to just a, an absolute influx of 2020 names onto this top of this leaderboard, Jordan. And I just want to talk about some of them. Uh, guys who are hitting more home runs than they are every other type of hit. Gary Sanchez of the New York Yankees has been really struggling this year. Obviously, he's not struggling to hit home runs necessarily. 13 hits, seven home runs. 
Pretty crazy. Wow, that's, I, that's 13 <laughs> hits. He has 13 hits and seven of them are homers. Uh, oh, Bobby man. Dahlbeck, who has only yes. played in nine games yes. so far, has eight hits, five homers. Yes, so that's good. exactly what we expected from Bobby Dahlbeck. DJ Stewart, who was 0 for his first 19, went down to the alternate site, has come back up in the last two weeks to be like the best hitter in baseball. He has eight hits and he also has five homers. All of that has happened in the last week. Pretty incredible. Uh, a couple other names just from 2020 on the top of this list, Randy Rosarena and Mike Zunino mm. and the injured wow. CJ Krohn. But for me, it is Gary Sanchez, Bobby Dahlbeck, DJ Stewart all have more home runs than all other types of hits. If one of them finishes the year like that, it would be great. It'd be incredible. Uh, it's it's a very small list, even if you account for sample size, like McGuire's first, 29 home runs, 56 hits. Ryan Schimpf's second, 14 home runs, 50, uh, 26 hits. Frank Thomas in an injured season, 12 home runs, 23 hits. And then it's Gary Sanchez. So like Sanchez is fourth on this list in terms of most home runs to have more than half of those home runs be hits. And Sorry, uh, Gary Sanchez has 13 hits? 13 hits. Oh. Oh man! <laughs> oh man! Uh, McGuire was also in an injured season. That is an incredible year um, in '01 there, and that was his last season, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't that the end of McGuire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, that's incredible. I love that. And honestly, Jake, this is a tremendous transition to another edition of Why Haven't You Homered Yet? Because it is 2020, Wait, and the ball sorry, is juice. Sorry. One more thing: the fact yeah. that Dan Ugla was not on that list for the Ugla. <laughs> is right. slightly disappointing because he's the perfect guy to be on that list. He is the perfect guy. He just played too much. That was the issue. I'm yeah. sure if he had like an injured season, he totally could have done it. Right. All uh, right. All right. Uh, several weeks back, I introduced uh, this, this segment uh, called Why Haven't You Homered Yet? Where I take a look at the players who have had the most played appearances without hitting a single homer. Um, and I, I, I ask them, I, I accuse them. I wonder why haven't you homered yet? Because like, what the hell? It's This is when everybody's hitting home runs and why haven't you homered yet? Now, I got to say, before we begin this uh, collection of names, um, oh, wow, it is thundering here. Whoever controls the weather is mad about Jeff McNeil not homering until recently. I was going to say the weather gods are pissed. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations to Alberto Mondesi, Jeff McNeil, Rymel Tapia, and J.P. Crawford for getting off this list, uh, who I was worried about all of them, but they all managed to get it, Jeff McNeil especially. But okay, let's let's get to our our, our group of five here, Jake Mintz. All right, and, and again, Jake will stand in for this player because we don't have these players here on the podcast. So I'm yeah. going to ask Jake, playing these players, uh, why haven't you homered yet? All right, ready? Okay, yeah. We're going to go ahead and begin uh, with a simple question. For one, Joey Bart. Joey Bart, you've been up in the big leagues for a while. You're known for your raw power. That's that's all I hear about. Oh my God, here are you, Joey Bart. Why haven't you homered yet? I've been catching. Catching's a lot of work. Yeah, I've been busy catching. I know that I'm hitting too, but like I'm catching. And so I don't have to do that as long as I uh, catch. Okay, that's a fair, that's that's fair. All right. And uh, I, just, I just got saving it. Saving them for Dominic Solano. Okay. It's, it's saving only, it's for only... Dominic Solano. <laughs> uh. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, let's hi, hi, Bobby. Let, I was like, wow, that was not where I was expecting Bobby to jump in. Don't worry, Bobby. We'll, oh, actually, we, we got Jeff McNeil this list, but okay, let's go. Let's, let's stay in New York though. Here, uh, another guy who coming into this year, so we we're so excited. We we're like, oh my god, is this guy for real? Is this guy going to help the Yankees when all the outfielders get hurt? Mike Talkman, why haven't you homered yet? What the hell? 
Uh, he misses Coors Field, I think. I think, yeah. you know, he was in Colorado. He was in some homers there. And uh, he's not. He's just, he's not. He's in New York. Uh, there's a lot of people in New York. Um, and they're all, um, there are a lot of people in New York. And they're all worried about right. him. And that's a lot of, of pressure I see. on Mike Talkman. I see. So I it's a mental thing with Mike Talkman at this point. So many people. Yeah. That's Most of them wearing masks, which is nice. Uh, that's good. Uh, all right. Next up, uh, we have a gentleman on a very fun team, and he's been uh, a little bit disappointing. Big, big offseason acquisition. Nomar Mazzara, you have hit almost exactly 20 homers in each of your first four major league seasons, but this year you have not homered yet. Nomar, why haven't you homered yet? Uh, because I'm the second best Nomar in baseball. <laughs> okay. There can only be one good nomar and i out of selflessness towards the city of boston have decided for it to not be me nomar mazara hence forth going forth worth i will single exclusively thank you <laughs> uh two more for you here uh these are we're going to go with the last two the leaders in most played appearances without a home run the champs first, first up is a, a guy i was very excited about coming into this year Great international track record and the first Japanese player in Cincinnati Reds history. Shogo Akayama. My guy. Why haven't you homered yet? Um, uh, I, nah. <laughs> Jake doing a great, Jake would be a terrible lawyer representing. Why, why his... <laughs> hasn't Shogo Akayama homered yet? It's a lot of pressure, Jordan. That's, that's it's a lot of pressure. I, this is for real, though. Like having to transition into a new country, like is a ton of pressure. <laughs> having to do it during a pandemic is inconceivable. No, it's ridiculous. And I also know that uh, Shogo will be fine. All right, last one. A gentleman who has one more plate appearance than Shogo Akiyama uh, with zero home runs. A guy who quietly was like unbelievable last year and i know that you have watched a good amount over the last seven or eight years colton wong colton wong i know homers aren't your game but you usually hit a few why haven't you homered yet colton wong mr king of the why haven't you homered yet uh, list right now at 127 uh, plate appearances without i have not homered yet be due to the injustice being um placed upon my younger brother keen wong who has been trapped in triple a by the Tampa Bay Rays for the last 12 years. He is good. He should be in the big leagues. And in protest of him not being uh, in the major leagues, I have decided to not hit home runs. That is honor. that is brave of you, Colton. And I will say uh, a real answer as to why Colton Long does not have a home run yet is that, as you mentioned a few weeks ago, that D. Gordon did not have a barrel yet uh, by StatCast definitions. Mm -hmm. uh, neither does Colton Long, currently sitting at zero mm -hmm. barrels uh, so far uh, in this season. Uh, so there you go. Uh, thank you for playing along. Um, and we hope that these gentlemen can hit a home run soon because it's 2020 and that's what baseball players do. They hit home runs. Uh, Jordan, let's spin the gears forward here for a second, looking at the weekend to be. Uh, the postseason picture, as we talked about earlier, it is coming into focus. And this weekend, we have our first showdown for a postseason spot as the holy shit Baltimore Orioles travel to the BRONX, the Bronx, to take on the Yankees in a, if, in a series that will decide who has the eight seed uh, for now. And... 
last week, these two teams faced off. Garrett Cole against Keegan Aiken, Orioles rookie against some dude the Yankees just picked up. And Garrett Cole was outdueled. And when I think of the greatest boxing rematches of all time, I think about Pacquiao, Mayweather 2. I think about Andy Ruiz, Joshua 2. And I think about Keegan Aiken, Garrett Cole, to the rematch happening tonight, Thursday night. Tune in. It's pay-per-view, Jordan. I can't wait. Two heavyweights. I wait for this game. Thursday, it's a pretty light slate. I will be watching every pitch of this one. I can't wait. And I, dude, uh, by the way, like the best part of the Yankees losing to the Orioles last weekend was the Yankees being like, Yankees fans being like, who, who is this random guy? Like, and we're swinging through these fastballs down the middle. It's like, well, first of all, baseball's hard, so relax. And two, like, the random guy is actually usually a pretty good strategy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> random guy's good. Random, because random guy, not only random guy's good, but random guy you've never seen before. And it's like, how do you think the rest advantage. of the world felt when Mike Talkman was hitting home runs last year? It's like, who's this random guy? Exactly. Uh, anyway, this is actually, I'm like, excited. an important baseball series. It feels like the somehow one of the first, like, this will decide the fate of the postseason. So I'm going to be tuning in and watching a lot of that. Uh, other things to bring up before we get to the moment of joy. Uh, Roberto Clemente Day was this past week. A lot of great articles out there to read. We tweeted some of them out. We'll tweet out more of them. Yo, Manfred. Yo, Manfred. We're bringing this one back. Uh, Yo, Manfred. Retire 21. Retire 21. We've talked about this. Um Pretty, pretty similar. Pretty, pretty simple, I should say. It is super simple. Uh, when you're talking about impact on the game of baseball today, Jackie Robinson, Roberto Clemente, right up there. Like the idea, the the pushback that Manfred has shown so far is that it is like a slippery slope. Like that has been his the slippery slope fallacy, where it's like, well, if we retire Clemente, then like I guess we gotta retire Ichiro, and we gotta. Re- it's like no, you don't. You have to retire Clemente. He is in and, the like, category of his of, of his own, and it was very cool to see. Uh, not just the Puerto Rican players, but the Latin players in general, be so excited and proud to wear 21 uh, yesterday. And I, I got to say, one of, I mean, there are so many great articles that I, I encourage people writing. The Pirates video that they put together with the first pitch uh, with all of members of Clemente's family was mm. an incredible three minutes that I cannot encourage you enough to go watch because I talk about like chills like i'm not even someone who usually is getting chills with these kind of videos and i was like wow that is an amazing video it is also important to think about you know the legacy of roberto clemente where we have entered into this era and we've been guilty of this too where like people say players are being so outspoken now like bro roberto clemente was outspoken basically first Mm -hmm. like this is a guy who was talking about the world as a baseball player in an era that was, you know, just as, as if not more volatile than the one we're living in right now. And he did not shy, shy away from that. So I think when we, you know, when we talk about like, oh, baseball culture really disincentivizes people from speaking out, like that can't be seen as an excuse when there is a past of brave and, you know, extraordinary men like Roberto Clemente saying, they want and need to say. And I think yeah. that that's important to keep in mind as we honor his legacy. And like, it's like, hey, MLB, like honoring this guy's legacy, same thing goes for Jackie Robinson. Like, it's important to recognize why these people needed to be great. And that's because of the systems that existed to, you know, close Latinos and 
black players out from baseball. And there's not necessarily recognition of that when every when MLB is like, ah, 21. It's like, I don't know. No, I agree. I, I know agree. that was rambly, but it that's kind of okay. rubbed me the wrong way slightly. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Jordan, moment yes. of joy. We have a moment of joy, yes. I, I can take the lead on this one. Go for it, please. Let's do it. The theme of this podcast has been, holy shit, the Baltimore Orioles beat the Yankees a couple times. And like Yankees fans are probably like, dude, shut up. Like we get it. Like Jeffrey Meyer. uh." But over the weekend, Cesar Valdez, who is 35 years old, a nice ripe 35. You cut him open. You'd count the rings. There's 35 of them. Got his first career major league save at that age. Now, if you open up this gentleman's baseball reference page and you take a look at some of the teams he has been on. It is a long list, Jordan Schusterman. He has been on a shocking amount of baseball teams over his career. I am literally just to hammer home how long he has been playing baseball for how many different places. I'm just going to read this list. Ready? Hit me. The Yakima Bears, the South Bend Silverhawks, the Vasilia Oaks, the Mobile Bay Bears, the Tigres del Licey, Reno Aces, Scottsdale Scorpions. Um, Arizona Diamondbacks, Indianapolis Indians, New Orleans Zephyrs, Gigantes de Carolina. Carolina. I don't know how he got in the Puerto Rican League if he's Dominican. That's super interesting and super rare. Okay. The Mexican League, Venezuela, back to the Dominican League, back to the Venezuelan League, back to the Mexican League for two years, goes to the Dominican League, Venezuelan League, plays for the Venezuelan team in the Caribbean Series, the Chinese Professional Baseball League. He's on the Rakuten Monkeys. Then he goes to the Mexican League, back to the Dominican League, Caribbean Series, Fresno Grizzlies of the Pacific Coast League 2016, Dominican Winter League, Dominican Republic in the Caribbean Series, National Sounds, Oakland A's, Buffalo Bison, Toronto Blue Jays, Olmecas de Tabasco, Leones de Yucatan, back to Tigres de Lice, Dominican Republic, Caribbean Series, Leones de Yucatan, Mexican League, Tigres de Lice in the Dominican Winter League, and the Baltimore Orioles this year. Jordan, that's a lot of goddamn baseball. It just and makes me, I honestly am shocked he's only 35. The way it is an incredible it. amount of baseball. The amount of uniforms this man has owned is, is wild. And for him to finally just get that moment, in the majors, getting the save. Some cool, cool stuff. Dude has a zero ERA so far. Holy shit. His stuff sucks, too. Like, he's throwing <laughs> absolute poo. It is the kitchen sink. It is crafty. If you, oh, like, man. he's exactly, he's like, it's Sunday baseball. It's great. Like, afternoon. Incredible b So, yes, cheers to you, Cesar. Um, you are one of the weirder parts of the 2020 Orioles, but we Go will absolutely freaking take it. So, God this dude bless. was playing for the Limigo Monkeys before we were watching them at 9 a.m. during the peak of the pandemic. Very true. Very true. He was <laughs> Cesar Valdez first. Uh, all right. I think that is going to do it for this here podcast. Uh, thank you to Bobby Wagner for continuing to be a Mets fan and for producing this wonderful podcast. Uh, we will be back next week after the Orioles sweep the Yankees. Uh, looking forward to that. Um, and we will just continue this party uh, where we laugh at the uh, New York Yankees who have sorry, not won Yan- a World Series in a long time. Sorry, Yankees fans. Polish your ranks. Not sorry. Goodbye. Goodbye.